for starting this new series, which plays right in line with this conversation called Bear Fruit. You see him up there? Right? Okay. Some of you, it took a minute. It took you a little while. But that's what that means when you see the bear with fruit on it. It's bear fruit. you got a job to do, right? We do. We have a job to do. That's, that's our calling. Our calling is not... Y'all, I'm just going to say it. I, I just, I've been really compelled about this this morning. Our job, our calling is not to go to church. Did you hear me? It's not. I mean, that's, how we, that's what we measure. We measure you're a good person, a good Christian, whatever, if you go to church right. Okay? There's so many things in Scripture that talk about being a disciple and what it looks like to be a disciple. And y'all miss the point, y'all being me, being us, when we use phrases like, let's go to church, because that is not in the Scripture anywhere. Do we gather together? Absolutely. Do we, it, says, it says, don't forsake meeting together. But y'all look, we can't go to church because we are the church. The ecclesia, the church that's living and breathing we are the body of Christ. Yes, we gather together, but we gather to mobilize, to go out, to bear fruit. That is our job. That is what we're supposed to be about. So I want to encourage you today as we are going to start this series in October. I love it. Um, Brandon's teaching next week. Can't wait to hear him. Um, all these great things are coming up with all, I mean, the Lord is working here in, in, in some ways of my 30 years of ministry, I've never seen him do some of the things he's doing right now in our midst. And it's just awesome. It's to God be the glory and all that, right? I mean, come on, Lord. I mean, really, he's changing lives and just doing some, I mean, he's mobilizing us all over the place to make disciples and do ministry. And I want to promise you that as long as I'm here with every breath I have, what God has called me to do here is to make disciples. And that is, my job is to encourage and equip you to do the ministry of the gospel according to Ephesians. And I want to do that with every breath I have so that you will go out and make disciples. It, is, it, would, it would break my heart to hear you say that our end goal is to go to church. You hear, my, hear what I'm saying? My, our end goal is to make disciples that follow Jesus. That's our end goal. And as they do that, guess what? They'll gather with us at church, right? Or their church, or wherever they're involved in, whatever they get, you know. But that's not the point. The point is not for us to be, I, I, this term bothers me too, you ready? Good Christians. Do me a favor, if you're a good Christian, raise your hand. The best, except for Jeff, right? It's, it's yours, Rebecca. You got, you got him right there, right? There's no such thing as a good Christian. That's why Jesus even asked the rhetorical question, who, who are you calling good? Because in the, Israel, in, in, in the Jewish law, the only good people were God, right? And that's what he knew was going on. And so we have these things that we have, been, we have grown up with these things. That we want to be this or that, but we're not, you ready? We're not comparing ourselves to the Word of God. We're comparing ourselves to whatever we've been taught somewhere else that's not even in the Scripture. So I want to encourage you as we dive into this 
that we're going back to the Scripture. Amen? I just want to go ahead and give you a warning. You'll see it coming out soon. Um, you can give this to everybody for Christmas. We're going to be going through the chronological Bible again next year. Okay? We've done it about every three or four years, five years, and, and we're going to do it again next year. It's the NIV Daily Bible. It's called the Daily Bible. We'll get you all that information. And we're going to go through the chronological Bible. Why? Because it's the Word of God. And that's what we're supposed to be about. And so we're going to walk together in that process starting in January. It's going to be a fun thing as we do that together. It always is. It's always incredible. Today we're in the book of Ezra. Okay? You probably haven't studied the book of Ezra much in the last week. I'm just guessing. Um, you might have. But uh, I've learned a lot about Ezra over the last couple of weeks as I've been preparing for this. Um, and, and you might be kind of scratching your head a little bit thinking, wait a minute, bear fruit, disciples. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple and you're taking us to Ezra, let's pay attention and see what happens. Let's see if this disciple making thing is a new idea, you know. I had, I had someone uh, one time look at me uh, in, in the church and say, hey, when are we going to you know, start doing church and not this disciple stuff? No, it's, not, it's okay because we're all learning together. It's a learning moment to say, well, it's all about the disciple stuff, right? That's what it's about, that we're that disciple that we are going and making other disciples. That's what our role is. That's what our job is. Think about it in your job. Think about it. If you have a job in here, raise your hand. Let me see you, okay? If you're a working person. Now, think about it like this. Is there an opportunity for you to train and equip someone in your job to do their job, to do a job, to do the job, whatever it is? Of course there is. There's an opportunity for you to help them learn how to do it better. The Greek term for disciple is methetes, which means learner. And we all have this opportunity to help people learn. Um, I've heard it this way. Leaders are learners. I never want to stop leading, right? Well, if you don't ever want to stop leading, you better not ever stop learning. Because we always are on a consistent learning pattern as a disciple of Jesus. And we're also trying to reproduce that to multiply those disciples as we bear fruit. Jesus himself said... If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And we need to remember that as we go along. So today we're in Ezra. We're going to be in chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 8 through 10. And uh, this morning, just real quick, I just want to talk to you real quick about Scripture and about Old Testament. You may not know some of this stuff. And it's great to learn. It's great to know. I don't want to ever give you head knowledge without heart knowledge. I don't want you to know something for knowledge's sake. Uh, that puffs up and it makes you think you're more than you are, right? And, and what we want to do is apply this thing so we can help people change their lives, so it can change our lives, so it can keep us focused on Jesus. Ezra, did you know that at, in the early manuscripts, in the early um, scrolls, it was Ezra and Nehemiah written together? You might not have known that. And then later they separated the two and made two books out of it. But you have, what you have is a picture of, of process and change and growth going on in Jerusalem. You've already had the exiles. You've had Moses. He's taken the people out. Well, now the people are coming back. Okay? And they're having the leaders. You have Ezra, who is the priest. 
and he's the, 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 he's the um, expert in the Torah. If you know what the Torah is, raise your hand. Let me see it. The Torah is the first five books of the Old Testament. It's basically the Hebraic law, okay? That's what he's going to be. He's going to be this expert in the Torah. He's going to know what's going on, and he's going to want to make sure. Now, think about it. The people are coming back to Jerusalem. Is it important that they know what God expects of them? Sure it is, okay? So you have Ezra. Then you have Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a governor. He's, he's the political leader, right? But he loves God. He fears the Lord because you know all these other people are going to try to get him off the task. You remember that, Samballat and all those guys? They're going to try to get him off the task of what he's supposed to be doing. And he literally even looks at them and says, no, I'm not going to come down. I'm not doing this. I'm staying on task with God. Wouldn't our life be better if we would do that? Wouldn't our life be better if we'd say, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm not looking at that. I'm not thinking about that. I'm just going to focus on God. And so we see Ezra starting it out as this spiritual leader. It was interesting to me, especially knowing um, kind of what God's been doing through this church over the last 10 years. Ezra basically was, he's reconstituting the Jewish community based on the Torah. So the community had broken down in a lot of ways. If you know even what happened in Ezra, you know that there were um, marriages of different faiths which was not allowed, but they were doing it. You know that working and, and not practicing the Sabbath was going on. You know, all these things. So basically what Ezra was doing was calling the people back. Uh, we we hear, say it this way in the um, New Testament, to, his, to their first love, right? Calling the people back to say, hey, we've got our eyes on the wrong thing. And so much to say that there was even uh, the people engaged in a solemn covenant before God uh, to to. to Basically, do away with those things that they had been doing, okay? Um, that include this, that include no more, no more mixed marriages, to refrain from war. And that is not a racial thing, that is a spiritual thing. I just want to make sure you understand that. Uh, to refrain from work on the Sabbath, to levy themselves uh, on annual tax before the support of the temple, to regularly present their tithes and offerings, and to otherwise comply with the demands of the law, okay? So he was getting them on the right page which sometimes we need a teacher, right? Sometimes we need to say, uh, somebody to pat us on the back and say, hey, come here, we need to, let's, let's go this way. You know, let's steer this way. Let's keep going in this direction. And that's what basically Ezra's doing here. He's, he's um, trying to get the people to go, and I'm just going to tell you, I don't know if you've ever worked with people. Have you ever worked with people? There's a phrase called hard-headedness. It's a real deep, you know, educational phrase. No. But the people were very hard-headed. And it seems like as you walk through, even, even Zerubbabel first, then Ezra, and then Nehemiah, that the people don't ever get it. You know, you're kind of like scratching your head. Do you guys get what's going on here? God has given you chance after chance after chance to get right with him, and... They just keep scratching their head. That's why the, the, the good thing with God is he doesn't break his covenant no matter what we do. Think about it. No matter how many times we could turn our back on him, no matter how many times we could whatever, God doesn't stop loving us. Hallelujah, right? Man, that's good news. And so that's basically kind of the what about Ezra. So I, wanna, I want you to 
Join me in this text here. And then I want to think about where we are. Ezra chapter 7 verses 8 through 10 says this. Ezra came to Jerusalem in the fifth month during the seventh year of the king. And that's Artaxerxes, by the way. Uh, Some think it's the second. He began the journey from Babylon on the first day of the month and arrived in Jerusalem on the first day of the fifth month since the gracious hand of his God was on him. Now Ezra had determined in his heart to study the law of the Lord, obey it, and teach its statutes and ordinances in Israel. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning. We bow our heads before you. We contemplate your scripture that you give to us and teach us. Lord, today we look at Ezra, the priest, the expert in the law of God and heavens. And we think about his simple calling. His simple calling in the midst of of a lot of crazy things going on in the world around him. Lord, I pray that today you teach us about the simple calling that you've called us to, to bear fruit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.